You're listening to the Salty Sex Cast with Pamela and Mariah. Yeah, and what's puberty? The sex education you wish you had in high school. Maybe a diagram will help. Hello, and welcome to episode 65 of the Salty Sex Cast. It is Mariah here. And I am joined with um, another podcaster in the area, you know, local friends, we got to stick together. Um, So I was introduced to Brian Hillbach early on with the IGY 622 podcast, which stands for I've Got Your Six, and then 22 is the the number of veterans who... Die, commit suicide. I'm sorry, I'm not. No, no, commit suicide every day. So it's just such an important message that you have to share. Um, And I think that's why, you know, your podcast, the community that's around you, it's a nonprofit now, which I think is a nonprofit now. Yeah. So, so much growth around this area and around this idea of just supporting people who have come back, who service men and women. First responders, so not just soldiers, yep. who are you know experiencing some adverse effects of the life that they, the service that they've provided to everybody else, right? So you talk on your show about so many things that people are going through. It's fantastic for them to finally get that that chance to share their story yep. for one, because sometimes they just never get it, or people will ask insensitive questions. So it's kind of a safe place, right? Yep. Um, But I've asked you to be on our show today to kind of talk about how, you know, what happens to relationships during this time. You guys don't serve in a, in a a vacuum. You usually have a partner or, you know, a spouse or something that's going, that still is just as affected as some of these things that happen. So I'd love for you to, you know, kind of give us a little bit of rundown of, you know, your service and a little bit of your background for our listeners. Okay, so I joined uh, the Army National Guard uh, here in Utah in 2003. Um, went to boot camp at Fort Leonard Road, Missouri for combat engineer. Uh, got home and uh, was it was April. Uh, my unit was already deployed, so I got attached to a construction unit. Um, and then a couple months later, we were mobilized and on our way to Iraq. So... <laughs> So I, I missed, essentially, my son had just turned one in, you know, when when I left to boot camp. And so that was 2003. I got home mid-2005. So I missed all that time from 2003 to 2005 with my all my kids growing up, but especially my youngest. Wow. So that was a little, little weird. Hard. Yeah. Yeah, not just weird. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> and that's what's what sad yeah. is, is... When we got home from our deployment, he didn't want anything to do with me. So we're, you know, you get off the plane and you see everybody there, all the family and wives are coming and hugging you and, and spouses loving on you. But the young kids are just screaming because they're afraid of whoever stranger. this stranger is trying to hold them. The stranger in this weird getup, yeah. right? Yeah, strange uniform. And yeah, they've heard stories, but they don't know. Yep. Yeah, it's like, oh, it's maybe like a celebrity, you know, and you see pictures, you hear stories, everyone's talking about who you are, but they like never actually met you or like remember meeting you. Yeah. Wow. Stranger danger for sure. I was in, totally. Leonard, I was in Leonard Wood in 2005. Were you? Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. I was there for 88 Mike school. Nice. Yeah. I'd been there a couple of times. I, I don't love it. It was where <laughs> I, I first learned of, you I know, think what, anybody loves it. what chiggers were. I didn't oh, even yeah. know what chiggers were until I. Yeah went there and i'm like what in the hell are all these bites all over my body and like oh yeah that's normal that's normal yeah i went to i went to fort sill for basic and then they flew me to leonardwood and i remember when they got me to leonardwood like at first i was stunned i was like this is a fucking cheerleading camp (laughs) and then yeah then you discover the bugs and the humidity and you're like get me the fuck out of here yeah yeah so that's a long deployment and by itself right i mean i so yeah, the deployment. So the boot camp, you know, I, I say I, I missed essentially 2003 to 2005, but my deployment was about 16 months from start to finish. So that was the long part. I, I was home for a few months in 2003 in between getting home from boot camp and then deploying. Mm-hmm. So, but you'd miss those. Like, I mean, at that point in time, you're, you're, you said your son yeah. was so young, no formative memories yep. happened about around you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then gone for 16 months. Yep. Yeah. 
And how many kids? You said so. We have youngest. four. So four. Uh, my wife has two kids from her previous marriage. Mm-hmm. I have a daughter from a previous relationship, and then we have our son together. Oh, okay. Okay, so you're gone, and she's keeping. She's house. holding down the fort. She's yeah. she's working graveyards at the oh. time, and you yeah, because childcare isn't cheap. No, so you you have to get creative when you're essentially a single parent. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So we both we both worked at the same company at the time. I worked days. She worked nights. Mm-hmm. So we would hand the kids off. Yeah. So that way, my I mean, parents did that too. Yeah. Four kids daycare. Forget it. You. I can't. I don't know how people. It's cheaper it. to stay home at oh, that point. Hundred percent. Yeah. So and how long were you guys married before you joined the military <laughs> and or, we or together? Were not, we were not married okay. before I joined. Um, we found out we were mobilizing on. December 17th or December 18th, rather, was the day we federalized. So we had to be married before that if something were to happen for her to get the benefits. Oh, my goodness. So we totally loved living together single. Uh Had a household. I mean, we both do great on tax returns. But if something happens, we're not going to get any benefits. So we actually got married on Cable 93. Um, oh, nice. December 17th of 2003, we were on channel two, four, five, and 13 news. So, <laughs> so it was a neat little wedding, but <laughs> Hey, better than my relief society shotgun, relief society room shotgun wedding. So no, <laughs> at least a little bit on there. That's awesome. So, so how long had you, your relationship, how long had you guys been together before? Uh, and- three years. And was the decision to go in the military kind of together or was it like, I'm going to go, I, I have this pull or is it kind of like force it? I would love to hear a little bit of that. Cause so it definitely wasn't a joint decision. Okay. Uh, 9-11 happened. Yeah. Um, so that was 2001. And after 9-11, I just had just something needed to change. I was missing something in my life. I, I mm. just felt a void. My wife wasn't a big fan, but she obviously, she supported it. Yeah. Um, Obviously, or else I would have never joined. (laughs) But, um, so yeah, it was, she supported it and, yeah, it was just a couple years. We'd been together three years. Okay. So, So, I mean, you still had an established relationship. It wasn't like, you know, we're barely married and I'm leaving or, you know, just started dating or something and then leaving. Because that's equally, you know, I, I don't know. What's harder, having established relationship, having a chunk of time, and then trying, or like we're still really new, so when I come home, it's still really new. So I don't know. I don't know. What, yeah. I don't know what would be easier. I, I think it's going to be hard either way. It's going to be hard. Um, yeah. But yeah, we had we had been in our own house for for two years, living the quote unquote Utah married life, the the common <laughs> law married. Uh huh. But yeah, we finally got married in in two thousand three. I actually broke up with my girlfriend when I joined the army because I didn't want to. I didn't want to be tied down when I left. I, I and dear I kept John to somebody. Well, I yeah. kept yeah. That's, oh. See, that's what I was afraid of. I was afraid of the dear John, and I was like, "Hey, like you're awesome, and if you're around when I get back, cool." But like away I go, and nine eleven happened while I was in school, and like so basically the moment I could join the army mm-hmm. out of high school, like I jumped in because of nine eleven. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, so I'll share tiny pieces of that. It wasn't a crazy long relationship. We weren't really close, but I was kind of like this distance thing. And, you know, I want to be a committed partner for you. And I see that I cannot be. So it would be better for me to say I cannot be than for me to try to drag it out longer. So that was my experience, you know, very, very, very young. Yeah. And, um, there was something relieving about being in basic training and not worrying about that letter coming. Oh, because you yeah. didn't have anyone to... I just saw... I mean, like, I saw what it did to some of the guys, right? And then oh. generally in basic training, they're younger. They're, you know, and they're mm-hmm. 18, 19, 20. I mean, obviously, it's a little spread out. But, uh, yeah, they're younger guys. And, and uh, when some of them got those letters, mm-hmm. uh, they didn't see a path forward in their lives. Yeah. yeah. No, he yeah. was He was not... He was done with basic training and everything. And... um and then we kind of like we're saying that we'll so we'll be broken up kind of thing. And then he was deployed. And then we were able to talk and still like support each other more on a friend than a romantic. I think it was a lot easier for both of us. Um, so and when he came back, it wasn't that pressure again to 
we now have to pick yeah. up on a relationship. It was kind of like, no, we both went in separate directions. We're okay because we already were there. So that was my experience. But so you're on this deployment and wife's holding down the fort and everything. How was, you know, it takes so much emotional, mental, um, just that emotional intelligence to have a healthy relationship when you're together every yeah. day is already hard. So when you're gone, do you feel like you were able to put anything in it or was it just really survival mode? I've got to do my job. This is what I'm here for. I will try when I can kind of where would, was that you know, it, energy? There, there was a lot of resentment that started to build up during mm-hmm. deployments because you call home and all you, you know, obviously life happens and then the kids are struggling here or this. So it's just chaotic on the phone and, and they're just pissed off or whatever it is. And rightfully so, but I'm sitting here going, you have no idea what I'm going through. Like mm-hmm. your problems are so minuscule to what I'm dealing with. Like, I just don't care to hear it. And it's the wrong, wrong outlook to have. And I can look back at it now and be like, Holy crap. I was, yeah. I was way off. I was completely insensitive. And so, yeah, that would be, one thing I would tell people, and, and I actually had a guest of a, an army wife um, on the podcast, and it wasn't until hearing it from somebody else, not my wife, because I've heard it from my wife for 15 years, right, that mm-hmm. I've been out. And I'm just like, I, I just don't, I just don't, I'm, I don't relate why you're, you're having such a hard time or whatever. But hearing it from another person, I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. I, I was so wrong in so many ways, and I'm apologize to my wife left and right and i'm like i'm so sorry <laughs> you just don't see it when you're that yeah. close and it's hard because then you're like you're telling me i'm doing this thing wrong but can you not see this whole yep. thing which she can't see yep. it is out of sight out of not not to say out of sight out of mind but everything is like only kind of maybe a few pictures maybe a little bit of description but until you're actually there you really yep. have no clue what it's like and so i'm sure that was very much in the stressors of home life are not as um, lethal as the stressors you feel when you're actually like deployed, right? So different stressors, but it still works on your brain the same way. So Well, to add add on top of all that too is like, just because it's a good time for you to call doesn't mean it's a good time for them to answer or vice versa. Oh, I remember 4 a.m. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and so like you, you get these... I feel like there's a lot of frustration in the fact that the communication's already difficult, yep. let alone, you know, I don't understand what my wife is going through because she's dealing with the household on her own and she doesn't understand what I'm going through because, well, I just got my ass chewed out for 45 minutes for something that, you know, could have been life-threatening or, mm-hmm. you know, I, I've been running all day up and down a dirt hill with a rifle practicing the same exercise over and over again for tomorrow's mission or yep. whatever. And, and and I think I was fortunate in the sense that like, even though I did all the stuff to get ready for the deployment because I had a, an injury, I couldn't deploy. And like, I remember feeling so offended that I didn't get to deploy to deploy. Yeah. And then like coming home hurt because my friends were there without me and I wasn't there to take care of them. And like, I brought that, part of that like just sort of feeling like i let those people down back to my relationship mm-hmm. yeah well and that's a i mean that's a real thing that that i didn't really know existed until i started the podcast and talking to different people that the feeling that their service was less than or, or not as as adequate as it could be because they couldn't deploy for one reason or another or something that happened in it there's a lot of people that that really struggle with that. Yeah, I don't I don't call it uh, I don't call it post traumatic stress. I call it post traumatic uh, post traumatic boredom. Yeah, is what it is to me. And it's like I did all the stuff, and then my friends when they come back and they're truly hurt or truly stressed, and you're just like, oh man, I wasn't there for you guys, and I should have been there for you guys. Yeah. Like that that can be difficult in itself to deal with, and then trying to translate that emotion to your significant other. And like explain to them like this is why I'm hurting right now. It just doesn't compute. Mm. Yeah. Well, and I think going back to some of the struggles while while and you hit it right on on the head. If I, if I call home and I'm like, what the hell are you doing? You can't answer the phone. Like what? Like and then because all you've done, you've gone your whole mission, and whether it was a good mission or a bad mission or whatever, you're you're you want to call home if you get a chance, and 
you call and you just can't get a hold of them and you can't get a hold of them. So instantly, mm. this was before social media was big. I think it was MySpace. <laughs> so I'm, I'm telling my age a little bit. But so there wasn't the social media where you could just see, oh, they were online 10 minutes ago or whatever it is. So obviously your mind wanders. But on the other, on the flip side, your spouse is going, well, you're there with all your friends. You're dealing with this with all your friends. So you get to have this big party time and, you know, having the misconception of what it really is. But at the end of the day, you find ways to make it fun with your brothers and sisters you're with. So, I mean, it kind of is a party, but it's work, but it's. But well, it's also you never get private time. Like right. you're always with somebody. Yep. <laughs> well, and sometimes, sometimes for me, it was easy to forget home existed. Yeah. Because you get in this kind of like tangled mess of like, we've been working our ass off for 18 hours, and so yeah, when we get done, we're all gathered around with our cell phone, filming ants crawling over a, cig- a burning cigarette butt. For whatever reason, that's the most entertaining thing you've ever done in your whole life. We're all laughing and partying. And then you get back and, and you see text messages or phone calls that you missed. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's right. I have a life outside of this. Shit, I forgot. Yeah. Or And then the guilt. Uh, yeah, like I, I didn't call you when mm-hmm. we usually have this planned call. Or um, the... I'm going to get through this tough day because I know I have that call at the end yep. of the day. And then when that call doesn't go well, that's yeah. a huge letdown. Yeah. That's a that's a big thing. And yeah, frustration would come on. And then resentment on the other yep. line of like, this is how you call me when we don't get a yep. see. Okay. Exa- exactly. And, and I'm just sitting here. Obviously, I'm one-sided at the time. And I'm like, I just don't get it. Like, how... How do you not drop everything? Right? Like, so selfish of me. And I know it 100%. But... I mean, that was my mentality. Like, you know, I don't know when I'm going to get a call. You know, when we, it's going to be weird times. So you just got to be ready. But I think there's also a degree of it to where you get so used to being task oriented. The mission is X, Y, Z. And to accomplish that, I have to do ABC. And so then to you, the moment the phone rings, you can switch from whatever task you're on to answering that phone or talking to your spouse. That is your task. That is now the task. Yeah. So we've now changed missions. And I think that, and, and I saw this a lot, especially at like family days when I, in fact, I quit bringing my family to family days because they didn't understand that military mentality yep. where this is now the mission. And so everything has shifted to the mission and, mm-hmm. and whether that mission is, you know, doing your job as a soldier or talking to your wife on the phone, when, the, the objective comes up, you can then focus on it really hard. Mm. But, I, you know, looking back at my previous relationship, that doesn't exist in most people. And so when I'd call and she couldn't shift roles, like, yo, what the fuck? Like, yeah. I'm so capable of flipping this switch. Why aren't you flipping this switch? And you can probably relate to this. 100%. As a national, yeah. As a National <laughs> Guardsman, because I was in the reserves, as drill would approach and I had to go in and be a soldier there was this, bam, I'm now a soldier. I've yep. gone from what I do at home to what I do in the military. You have to shelve all of that from home yeah. to perform, mm-hmm. but then to when, be there. The difficult thing, I think, for my ex-wife was coming down off of that mm-hmm. took days versus that immediate switch. And so I'd come home and speak to her like she was one of my soldiers or a mission objective regimented have the task at hand yeah kind of thing not a casual like okay yeah and like your average person like if i were to take you to go do something and let's say we were just going to go in the backyard and shoot a black powder rifle and i would say this is what you do and then if you look at me and you say well why well because i fucking said so (laughs) right like there's no like don't ask why yeah don't tell me your feelings behind it i'm the subject matter expert and you'll Mm -hmm. do as i told you and that's the example you're taught in military you don't ask your drill sergeants why you do what the fuck they tell you you don't ask your platoon sergeant why you do what the fuck they tell you and that doesn't translate well in a relationship especially if your spouse is not a soldier right hundred yeah yeah I mean, I can, I can see it in your face. You're like, yeah, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I mean that, I mean, that's what ultimately almost cost me my marriage, mm-hmm. you know, in 2008, I think it was before I got out, maybe it was 2009. I can't remember, but it was that same thing. And it was my dad that would, he pulled me aside to the neighbor's house and I've talked about it numerous times on my show, but pulled me to the neighbor's house. He said, you're an asshole. Like, I don't know who you are, but you're going to lose your kids. You're going to lose your wife. Like you're, 
like you are not you're not healthy and i was pissed i'm like who the fuck is this guy gonna tell me you know mm. you don't freaking know you don't know anything and i took a long hard look in the mirror that night and i was like holy shit i am i'm treating my kids as if they're soldiers they're they're you know because i'm an nco at the time mm-hmm. like if i say it's dinner time it's dinner time and you're gonna There's eat no all of your vegetables talk, like yeah i put this on your plate you will finish it. There's no if ands or buts around it. Like this, it is what it is. If you don't like a tough shit, stay here all night. I don't care. Yeah. But it's broccoli, right? And For, and they're and but they're, you have to be yeah taught to not yeah. care to do your job yeah. well. So now you have to flip that switch back and forth. That's not fair on anyone. Yeah. To ask for for our listeners who don't know, an mm-hmm. NCO is a non commissioned officer. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. So g- generally, <laughs> generally, you would be responsible for you know a group of soldiers. As an NCO. Yeah. yeah. Well, I didn't, I didn't even know what IGY meant. So I, I'm like, you guys, I need to decipher all these things. S-E-X. I know what that means. A- acro- like, acronyms are like. Right. It's a bread and butter thing. Oh, yeah. yeah that's I, why you, you still use them. And I'm just like, Brady, I love you. But I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I love deciphering acronyms that I don't know. And then people being like, how'd you figure that out? Yeah, I love that's that. Awesome. Yeah, just give me the context of, of yeah, the just, the subject that this acronym is coming from, and I'll, I'll probably be able to figure it out. Yeah, just the context, and then like, if you can read it to me phonetically, please. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. So, so other people were noticing that behavior too, and yeah. it was kind of just really affecting. And you probably just saw it where it was like, why isn't my spouse? seeing this or how do you see it when that was happening i didn't see it i didn't i didn't have any clue to it i just thought you know because my older two kids were pushing their teenage years Mm -hmm. so it's like okay they're just being asshole teenagers because that's what teenagers do and then my youngest he was four or five years old at the time well that's just what for they just try to find the boundaries how far they can push how far so yeah I don't see it as I'm being an ass. And then I, I sit back and I look at it and I'm like, my poor kids. I feel so bad that that was their earliest memories of me. Like, this is who I was. I was I was a complete ass and I, I feel I've changed. Yeah. Uh, my oldest, me and my oldest son, we, uh, we clashed all through his upbringing just because it was like just tension so obviously I, a, I wasn't his biological father mm-hmm. so there was that tension but then it was just an ass you know i was an ass and then he was an ass and then it made me be a bigger ass and then he would be a bigger ass and it was just just yeah. butted heads for so many years and then he uh, he ended up joining the military and that's funny <laughs> i was just going to tell you that my dad is an army ranger who served in vietnam and so like i remember some of my earliest memories were like exactly what you talked about and over time, my mom softened him, and I don't think he ever got, like, professional yeah. help for him. But uh, the good news is, and you've probably already figured this out, but those relationships can heal. Oh, yeah. And we're you're, you're we're older. like best friends now. So, oh, yeah. I, I love it. Yeah. yeah. Take, take every opportunity when he does something in the military yep. to congratulate him and be proud of him. He'll love it. Yep. Every relationship is has ebbs and flows i mean it's never static you Mm -hmm. can heal Mm -hmm. from you can grow from it you can apologize you can realize hey that wasn't what you know great that wasn't great for either one of us maybe maybe i'm sure i don't know um you know if your wife feels like looking back now she feels like she could have done something different or how she saw a few things or whatever but um yeah and and that's kind of where the phase we're in now uh we we just started uh couples counseling Mm mm-hmm uh, I spent the last now 16 years. I've seen a memory on Facebook that we got home from Iraq around this time 15 years ago, but or nine. I don't remember what the dates were, but I spent all that time not telling her anything, shielding her from everything, you know, because I I feel a type of way of of the things that I did. So I try to protect. Right. So instantly right off the bat, you know, I got home and I was having some stuff on my mind and I tried to explain to her what was going on and she said I don't want to I don't want to talk about it it makes me feel it makes me feel a kind of way so I took that as shut the door she shut the door on it I can't talk about this to her deal with it myself well and there's a skill especially I think being a guardsman or a reservist in compartmentalizing that part of your life because 
like I said, it was easy to switch to soldier mode and it took a time to come off of it. But then like you have to be able to pull those tools out in a rapid pace to get up to speed for the mission, yeah. whatever that mission is. And I think, I think it's really easy when you look at, you know, the way that you communicate in the military, it gets ingrained in you really deeply because lives are at stake. Yeah. You know, like, and, and I mean, like I never took that deployment. I never had to go deploy or got to is what I usually say, but that way of communicating with the people around you, mm. you know, that lives are at stake. And so it's very brisk, uh, immediate communication and emotions are pulled from it. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. It's, it's not that I'm mad at you, but you're going to do what I fucking told you because we got shit to do. Like we're moving on with our lives. Yeah. The, the lethality is just higher, you know, and then yeah. the everyday conversation. And it's, but. it's really easy. Like you said that, you know, like once you thought the door was shut, then you just sort of like put it in its box. And then like, if I need this box, I'll open this box, but I'll just set it aside. The box yeah. is never out of sight though. No, it's, it's not. And it, it, it was a lot of, shoving down compartmentalizing and it got to a point where there was just no more room mm -hmm. uh, october 2020 i was on my way up ogden divide i was three mm -hmm. turns away from rolling my truck off i knew right where i was going but i was done i couldn't handle it anymore i've worn a mask for too long tried to make everybody else happy and put on the facade of oh i'm happy i'm happy yay look at me but inside i feel like i'm screaming to everybody like look i need help i need help like mm -hmm. i've tried to go to the va no help so I was like, holy shit, I've just done. I just can't, I can't do it this way. It's an accident, you know, and my family will be taken care of and I, I won't have to be in pain anymore. And luckily I got turned around and thought the next day I woke up and went, okay, what, I cannot get this dark again. Yeah. Yeah. That's a very what, low. What can I do? And, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, thought back to when I went on the other side of the beehive, mm -hmm. uh, January or February of 2020 uh, to, to raise money for a service dog for me. And I gave them just a, a fraction of what I deal with on a daily basis with PTSD. But I left and I had, I had more room. I had more room to compartmentalize. So I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. I got all this weight off my shoulders. So I thought, There's got to be people that are struggling. Yeah. So it was, okay, well. I now no, don't have a purpose. Like my purpose in the, when I was in the military was uh, you, your mission you have oriented. You a job. It's written. It's exactly. black and white. There's, exactly. There's no question. And I got out and, you know, I, I apologize to my wife and my kids now. Like, you know, my family should be enough purpose for me to want to drive forward every day. I love my family, hands down. But it just wasn't, there was still a void in my life. I, I didn't have, I mean, I looked down the, the dark tunnel. There's no light at the end of the tunnel. So it's mm -hmm. just like. All right, what the hell am I going to do? But started the podcast um, and just being able to be on the other side of the table and watch people just pull some of that out, just free up a little bit more room. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> but it uh, it helps. It helps me. It helps in my healing. But now when I look down, I, I see a light at the end of the tunnel. It's not bright. It's not like super bright, but I know. There's something there in every day that, that just gets brighter and brighter and brighter. And eventually it'll just be an open tunnel and I'll, and I'll have full light. But that's just being optimistic. But I don't know how long that'll be. <laughs> and see where you're going. You know, like if you're looking at like when you come home, what's your purpose? When you have someone telling you exactly what your purpose were, was, yeah. um, you knew where you stood. Yep. You knew, and now it's when you get that choice and stuff, it's, I don't know where to turn. Where is the light? I don't yep. even know what direction to look right yep. now. I'm sure it's really hard. And then all of that, where you we just put it into words fantastically, right? <laughs> but if you're trying to share that with a piece, of, you know, a piece of that with your spouse, the closest person who you probably are wanting to be strong for, who mm -hmm. you do trying to still navigate that relationship with, how do you say that in so many words? Well, and to protect them, right? Yeah. So that's me. I'm feeling like I have to protect her from, from, you know, stories that, you know, it's hard for me to process. And I was there, but let alone, okay, now you have no military knowledge. You have no traumatic experience in the, in, in the taking of lives or the casual mass casualties or, or stuff like that to where, now, how can, how can I, if I tell you, how are you going to relate? You're probably not. And you're going to look at me and go, hmm, 
you know, I already beat myself up over incidences that I've had to put myself through and, and to make sure that me and my soldiers got taken, you know, went home safe. But we literally have a fraction of a, a blink of an eye to make a decision. Oh, yeah. And we, and we have to live with that for the rest of our life. But if I tell you now you have a chance to sit back, armchair quarterback it and go, hmm, well, you should have done X and Y and Z. And I would have done this different and this different. Mm-hmm. Now you're going to look at me different. So in my mind, yeah, now in my right. wife's mind, she's like, no, I would. I, that's not it at all. And I'm like, mm, but I have a mask on. So you see this. You don't see what's behind it, and then we're good. Well, and that don't work, right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. obviously, you know that's why so many people struggle with relationships yeah. when they come home and and or struggle with PTSD. How do I even tell you? And you're usually the person that sees me every day. So if you can't see that I'm wearing mm-hmm. a mask, a mask is good enough, yep. right? Until it's not. Yep. But um, you know, and who says when you're telling your spouse that they don't understand what it's like to be in you know, these combat situations or anything, who says that they have to be? Yeah. They don't have to understand anything. You know, just being able to sit and listen non-judgmentally and just be that person that you get to talk to. But who's showing us that? Where's the training? Where's the briefing on that? Right. So there's not. And that's something yeah. that, uh, you know, my last episode I, I had, I had a firefighter out of Texas and during our conversation, you know, with the military, you have the VA, you have the vet centers, different states are good or bad with the VA. It just yeah. depends on luck of the draw, really. But for first responders, they don't have that. They don't have anything. And I think he said the statistic was 80% of our uh, firefighters and EMTs are, are volunteers. So, so they have, they have are, nothing. Yeah. So that's something we're looking at trying to work with. and It's almost like we need to transition from like a VA to like an FRVA. Yeah, a civil yeah. service, a civil service yeah. VA or something something to that effect. Not only, yeah, that not only serves those who are in the line of service, yep. but their partners. Yeah. Some classes, some, you know, anything, literature. Do you yeah. know of any supports? I don't. No. I know there's a lot of, of like army wife support groups. And like Facebook groups and stuff, but that's really as far as I know. Obviously, well, it, I don't. It's have funny that. that you mentioned that because when I was in the reserves, my uh, unit We're had pop the door. It's a little warm in here. A little warm. <laughs> uh, my unit had a family readiness group, the FRG, and I eventually got to a point where it became such a stressor. And then when my family would show up to drill type weekends, now all the other military personnel there were mil- were mission focused. And they would basically ruin my family's time there with their mission. Yep. And I would ruin my family's time there with my mission. Mm. Yep. And so I eventually was like, I don't want you on the fucking, I don't want you on that fucking call tree. Yep. Um, I don't want you because the information is, you know, by the time it gets to her, it's telephone gamed and skewed. And so she's hearing the wrong things. Uh, or she's like, just showing up to this event to stand out in the sun while my daughter is upset that I'm not coming over to her when Mm. she's calling for me. And I'm standing in a grid of other soldiers, uh, while we take our final roll call or whatever. And I just sort of like, I was like, I'm just not fucking, I'm not bringing my family to this anymore, which they then felt excluded. Yep. Mm. But I felt like I was protecting them, which is kind of the same exact thing that you were talking about. And, and it's, it's, uh, I remember Part of the reason that I finally joined because I had hesitation because of my family um, or my my uh, my dad and his experiences in Vietnam was a friend of mine went to basic training and or he went to boot camp for the Marine Corps. And I had a bunch of conversations with him and he was like, dude, if you really want to know what it's like, go fucking do it. Like, I'm never going to be able to translate this yeah. to, to what you speak. So I did it. And it felt like there was a bridge or a gap that needed to be bridged between me and other people in my life because they didn't understand what it was like. Like no one understands what it's like to be like, Oh yeah, I do the gas chamber again. I mean, it sucked, but uh, I'd, I'd, go, yeah, I'd do it again. I'd go through it again. No big dude. My sinuses have never been clear. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. So communication with family, how do you even talk to your family? How does your family support you when you're going through other things or, did they even have any 
Like, were there red flags that they were supposed to be aware of when you came home? You were saying that there was a, a briefing like coming home from your deployment mm-hmm. that you were like, you're not listening to. Cause you're just yeah. so excited to see your you family. You want to get home. I yeah. mean, I literally, I have one thing on my mind, right? Like the first thing I want to do is I want to go get reacquainted with my wife <laughs> and just go, go right to pound town. Right. Yeah. Like, let's just be real. <laughs> like, like that was my main, that was my new mission when I get home. So mm. you sit in the briefings, they're like, okay, it's going to be a little weird. You're going to whatever, dude, whatever. We're fine. We're fine. We're fine. Check a box, check a box. And yeah. the people telling you, the, the people doing the, the briefings and the trainings, they're checking a box. So it's just a whole bunch of people ju- checking the boxes. I feel that uh, if someone like myself, a tattooed guy, was up talking to people and saying, hey, look, you're coming home. This is real shit. Like, this is, I'm not your NCO. I'm not your officer. I'm not, I have I'm nothing to do you. with you. This is just me, and this is what I experienced, and be ready because it's going to come, and it's going to come really, really fast. Mm. I think more people are going to be more receptive to something like that rather than just go and check a box because the person giving the briefing doesn't care, doesn't want to be there, and the people that are in the room don't want to be there. It's probably the third time he's repeated that exact slideshow that day. Well, even timing. You know, when you're going through basic training, was there training about how to come home? No. Nope, nope. You know, and like, why don't we preventively start having those conversations early on when you're gone? How do you have conversations with people at home? This is something you can watch for. Here's a checklist to send to your family. These are some red flags to watch for. I don't know. As simple as that with all yeah. the money and all the time that we put into training our servicemen and women, we're not thinking of this. And then look at all the grief that it's caused in your marriage and your family, yeah. everything. Yeah, they, they teach you how to put on uniform. Yeah. They teach you what to do while you're in uniform. But they don't teach you. But there you. is never, there's no training for when it's time to take off the uniform. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, there's no there's no exit strategy. Nope. Yeah. So. Yeah. In fact, one of the things that I did on my way out, and as I knew things were wrapping down because my injury had gone to boards and all that kind of thing, um, was I started talking to soldiers about like, hey, if you're going to continue doing this, one of the things I struggled with was not knowing whether or not things were financially taken care of at home. So I used my military training to get this job and I want to help you get this job because when you transition out, you're going to want that income. And they all still kind of, I remember I kind of got this look like, what do you mean? Get out. What are you talking about? Like this ends? Mm -hmm. Well, your mission on hand, this is where your concentration is. The mission that's in front of you, right? You're not thinking of future things. So, you know, it's just, I think I've, I find it fascinating and actually quite appalling that there wasn't any conversations around that, um, any prep, you know, just like you said, a quick briefing. You're but, not thinking about that. Here's the other thing, though. Was yeah. there? Because well, there might have been. There might have been. <laughs> and then you weren't listening just because was che- it was. I was checking a box and the people that yeah. were doing the two, three hour PowerPoint presentation, like literally yeah i would have checked out too checked out right like so <laughs> yeah you get shoehorned into a room with no air conditioning with a guy who drones on yep and like he doesn't even have to look at the slides he's read them over and over again and they're the same slides that they put out and you know the, yeah. i mean some of them have, years before oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> like they're not very updated like is does that guy in the background is he, is he wearing parachute pants like what's <laughs> how old are these These slides? are the people you're gonna encounter when you come home be prepared I'm that's jfk you know he's not the president anymore <laughs> like it's it, yeah like i mean you just sort of you just kind of you're like dude i want to fucking get out of here i haven't been laid in 16 months and my wife's been on the phone with me and we've maybe sent a couple dirty letters back yep. and forth or whatever. Like I'm ready. And, like, yeah. I, yeah. Nothing else matters. Get me the point. fuck out of here. Yeah. And then, you know, you, uh, I mean, I know the bulk of the relationships that I saw coming home. Um, most of them had that sort of like new relationship energy, but some of them didn't. Some of them had a real, well, the, I think the biggest thing everyone was always worried about is the infidelity. You know, who's cheated on who? Yep. Yeah. What's what happened? How many times? You know, how where's that neighbor's really good looking? You could, yep. you start worrying about that too, I'm yep. sure. Yeah. yeah. The worst when you have the worst possible thoughts come into to both parties, right? Oh yeah. You know, if you don't you're not able to call home for three days because you're out on missions or whatever, then your 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 spouse is thinking, Hey, what's he doing to where he's not calling? What is he doing this bad or 
if I try to call multiple times and I don't get a hold of you, my mind's automatically going. And it's wrong. It wasn't that I didn't trust her, but it was just. It's human nature to think of those things. A hundred percent. It just, my mind just went to, well, this would make sense. So that has to be what's happening. Mm. Well, I watched, uh, I watched relationships change and grow. And I remember seeing that like people that were in constant communication of the opposite gender, uh, you know, they always kind of seem to gravitate towards each other and and sometimes end up in a relationship. And it impacted my current marriage uh, in the sense that, like, when my wife had to leave for work for several months, I remember specifically, like, these are the rules I want you to follow when communicating with people of the, the opposite gender. And because I've seen that. and You're so funny that you were worried about the opposite gender. Right. Yeah. No, that's, it's <laughs> funny now that, well, I wasn't, I actually told her that was okay. But, uh, uh, no. And, and so, I mean, like I've saw those relationships that build under stress, you know, in, in those environments. And then I was just like, I don't want you to do this, please. Yep. And then like, she was like, okay, I appreciate that. Well, she didn't realize where I was coming from in this sort of like hyped up, stressed out environment thinking. Um, and then, you know, needed to do one of those things. So how she in a was very kind of like, way. okay, is definitely not the norm. Most women would be like, you don't get to control mm-hmm. every little action. You're gone. I have to hold down the fort. No, how she, I hold down the fort, gone. you don't get to micromanage. I'm just saying, oh, yeah. you know, either way, if roles were reversed, and I'm sure that's just like, there's more stress. So then you come home, maybe don't recognize the person, or maybe you do and try to pick up exactly where things left off. How often does that ever happen? I mean... You've both learned and grown yeah, and changed. Yeah, you're, you're both, it's it's brand new again, so you have to, well, and, and when you come home, it, it never dawned on me, but we were together, so she knew who I was before basic. Mm-hmm. Okay, I come home from basic, and I, I'm a little bit different, so now she's on her second relationship with second the same person. Second relationship, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I go on my deployment, come home, she's now on her third relationship with the same person. And each time, it's just, you know, and after getting home, from Iraq and you know and and I tried to talk to her she shut the door or so I thought shut the door we just kind of start going our own ways little by little by little by little the mm. communication isn't there the built uh, built up resentment on both sides that just kind of went unsaid for many many years then the assumptions come in well I'm assuming that she's done this or she feels this type of way so I'm just going to keep going this route that I'm on and she's doing the same thing Ultimately, I just tell everybody, you need to communicate yeah. because, I mean, yeah, we, we're starting counseling now because of our communication is, has really been shit over the last few years. And I hope we haven't gone too far to where we can't reel it back in. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm very optimistic that we're able to look at the adversity that. you've already gone through. Yeah. You know, and you've gone through that by yourself. Yeah. So look how cool <laughs> what you get to do together. Twice as strong, you know, when you guys are doing it together, right? Yeah. I, I think that's huge, you know, and even to be said, like my husband and I were just talking about that. Like when we first started dating to to me now, I was still such a child. I was 19. I was 20 when we met, <laughs> um, you know, and I was like, I just a different person. I have grown up with you and you've been there the whole time. Imagine if that was just even 16 months when you're in your early 20s how many lessons you've learned, how different, you know, your opinions change quickly, quickly. So I couldn't even imagine just, it's a different person. Yeah. But now, yeah, just the same type of relationship. And then it's kind of when you say the resentment and you both probably recognized it, but it's like, is it worth bringing up and having a fight? Yep. Because that's what it turns into. Yeah. But, or is it better to just rip off that festering wound, you know, like let it air out and then see where we can go. But so yeah I, there's a lot of times i would just pick my battles and be like this this isn't a battle that's worth the argument over so let's just shove, shove it down, down. we'll put that one over in this there's a little bit of room over here let's let's shove it into that yeah. space but it's kind of like it's kind of like the garbage piles in the movie idiocracy like yeah. eventually they topple over <laughs> and they'll slide through your back window yeah and like i mean i am still my wife my current wife never knew me in the military and she is still sort of like suffering from that. Oh yeah. You know, in a weird way to speak. Like, I mean, I don't want to call it suffering because I'm really proud of my service. 
um, it's taken me a long time to be proud of my service. Like you talked about yeah. being hurt over not being able to complete my service wasn't as good as your service, yeah. right? Wasn't and, worthy. Yeah. And right? I mean, I accomplished some cool stuff when I was in the military. I picked up some great skills mm-hmm. and it's made me who I am today. It's changed the way that I function at work. And, uh, but I mean, my wife still pays the consequences for it. Like she wants to learn how to go shooting. And so I go to, you know, it's the example I used with the black powder rifle in the backyard. Uh, when I say, these are the steps, do don't this. ask me why. She goes, well, why? How does that work? It fucking works because it works and don't ask any more questions. <laughs> do it. But what if you do it this way? Doesn't Wouldn't this matter. be easier, shut, yeah. more efficient? And yeah. like at that <laughs> you point. shut up is what you were going to tell me. Yeah, what, I just about did tell you to shut Like I, I just <laughs> like literally just like don't ask questions that you don't need to know the answer to. Just yeah. fucking do what I told you and it'll work the way it's supposed mm-hmm. to. And it was something as simple as just like put on your ear pro. She was like, well, why? Why so would I put it on now? And it was like, because you don't want to be messing around with it once I hand you a gun. Yep. So just yeah. simple, even how to communicate. You have to kind of be able to navigate, you know, different types of navigate or communication um, from versus I have a job to do. I know exactly what my job is. I need to tell you what to do to now I'm home and I have a different job and it's not black and white. How do I even talk about that? I I still grind gears sort of like switching from (laughs) that military instructor to teaching my wife how to work a power drill. Yeah. Yeah, And that's my biggest pet peeve now is when you get that well why why because people die if you don't yeah, that, yeah. i mean because i fucking but, said but so. dad it was just coloring on this paper if you don't do it this way people die so just just know yeah. if you don't do it the way i tell you just people die well when it's it's <laughs> when when you're in those hyped up adrenaline fueled combat situations if people don't listen they do die yep so it's and needed. It, it becomes very ingrained and in then you it's now automatic that once i start commuting you shouldn't the, the question is never why the only question you should ever have is, huh? I didn't hear you. Because you're hearing damage. Yeah. Or yes, <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah, everybody teases me for my hearing damage. <sighs> so funny to pick on the And disabled. you're our sound guy. <laughs> yeah. <Great>. And I'm, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm doing kidding. all right. And if he's not, you can let us know at saltysexcast at gmail.com and tell us our sound sucks. Uh, don't Just don't tell them. Come to me right at Twitter <laughs> at saltysexcast. No, it's it, it like you get amped up on this like life or death communication Mm -hmm. and the only question should be sorry what i didn't hear you it should never be why because i fucking said so because i'm trying to protect you or i'm trying to protect them yeah Yeah. and and you don't you don't know how to change that teaching for the subject matter that you that you're training training like i coached little league football and Mm -hmm. i was like this "This is this this is this this is this is this and i had parents saying you're you're too hard on my kid practice starts at this time if you show up at this time, chances are you're late. So this is on the parent. And then I'm going to, unfortunately, I'm making your kid do the extra push-ups or the extra running because you don't have your shit together and can't get them here. It, I look back and I'm like, oh, these poor kids. The entire team suffers because yeah. of you. Yep. Yeah. And that's another thing that I think is kind of a military thing. The entire team is yep. now going to suffer because you fucked up. Yep. And I might not necessarily make your kid run the laps, but the other kid will run laps for him. That's why I never played team sports. I was like, fuck you. I'm out. Um, I have to wonder if that comes from a military thing. Because I know that (laughs) when you look at Hollywood, like the director is treated like a five star. And like you don't talk to certain people on set. And like I have difficulties at work communicating with my bosses. Because, like, I'll even though we're in a good, friendly working relationship, I never take a problem directly yep. to who I should. I do the chain of command. Yep. Right? That's the way I do it. Yeah. And I, and like, uh, at one point, my HR rep was like, Well, have you ever met so and so? And I was like, I have not. And he goes, well, Why haven't you? Like, you've been at all the same parties. And I was like, If he wants to talk to me, he'll come talk to me. Yep. It's not my place as a lowly grunt yep. to go talk to the general. Yep. Ever. So, so communication is yeah. a huge piece. You were just saying it's a big for, for relationships and, and, you know, being someone who's coming back or are going through really hard times and traumatic things that you see in here. Communication is a great one for, for relationships, but not the communication Brady just described. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's something that you have to work on. You yeah. do. Yeah, yeah. You have to remember or, or at least be, you know, 
coherent of how how is how am I coming off? Yep. Am well, I being regimented? Am I even leaving room for emotion? I've had to go back to Jamie, and this was within like a couple of hours of the incident. But I've had to go back and apologize and say, "You're not one of my soldiers, and I'm sorry, but." This is why I asked you to do that. And I know that's why, you know, you were asking the question why, and I didn't want to answer it at the time. Uh, you know, a switch flipped and I was in instructor mode. Yeah. Sar- you know, uh, corporal is what I was. Uh, corporal instructor. I was out. I was a subject matter expert and you didn't listen. And so at that point, the training exercise was done. There's no point in talking to you. Yep. And that wasn't fair to you because you're not private Jamie. You're my wife. See, and that's, that's where I'm at now is trying to still find that switch. Cause mm-hmm. I mean, I'm so desensitized. Like I, I go get tattoos cause that's the only feeling mm. I feel. So I just have to keep getting ink because I, I'm like, okay, yep, I'm still alive. I can, I can feel this. Right. So that's something that I I'm working on. You know, my wife's like, I need more emotion. I'm like, I don't, I don't know what the fuck that is anymore. Like, I don't, I don't know emotion. Like I know anger mm-hmm. and that's it. Anger so and is a sleep. secondary emotion. Well, yeah. sleep, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I get an hour and a half, two hours of sleep it. a night yeah. for yeah. the last 15 years. Hunger and comes yeah. in sometimes to it. No, like <laughs> pointing. It, yeah, we know those emotions here. It's a weird, it's a weird thing because it's, you know, you, you, I think you hit the nail on the head when you said, I can't find that switch. And it's funny because I know when the switch comes on, but you I can't, can't fucking turn it off. Yeah. 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 And it's not, it's, it's, it's sort of like the, uh, the switch to on is, is, is a hair trigger, but the switch to off, you got to get two security guards on other ends of the rooms with those special keys, the codes, they got to turn them at the same time. And then the president's got to call in with his code from the football. You're so spot on. I've been looking for a way to explain that this right here, Mm -hmm. this conversation to my wife, but I can't, I can't find the words and that's TBI, the traumatic brand. Traumatic brain injury, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so that obviously doesn't help, right? Yeah, so. that does. Yeah. That definitely doesn't help. It changes the way your brain functions. Well, yeah, and, and so it's like if you picture the on switch as Mount St. Helens, and then the off switch is the Grand Canyon. Like you really have yeah. to wear through that sandstone to like. I have to come back down. It's almost like an adrenaline dump. Yeah. When well, my you wa- weren't even saying yeah, like find emotion, right? And you were saying yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy. You know, this is kind of yep. when you're going. You didn't even recognize what happy looked like. Yeah. You yeah. just, just knew, said it. If I, because if that's I what act other this people, way, yeah. people think of everything's good. So I'll just keep doing this because act. you guys think that this is what I should be at. Yeah. That's going to take, it's going to take time, but that's really, really exciting. And I, you know, look forward to seeing that growth. I want to take a moment and point out, he is far better at recognizing when I have hand signals to give than you are. And I wonder I why that is. I see the corner of my eye, sir, and I can watch the time on the end. I don't need you. But I, I get why? like a nonverbal. But why do I need your hand signals when I can see that? <laughs> my cheeks just got warm. <laughs> I'm going to get it. No, it's funny. Like I get an acknowledgement from him that I don't get from you. And I've, I always wonder if you've noticed. No, I notice the hand signals, but yeah. if I look at you when you're actually doing them, then I'm like, oh, what about? Yeah, you oh, are. I have to, to like, you it are takes kind me of mix. squirrel. Yeah, oh, big time, <laughs> big time squirrel. There was a mosquito just seconds ago, and I was like, oh, no, it's going to get me. I think it's funny. I mean, you talked about you joined two years before I did. Uh, the fact that you and I can sit down from across the room, and I immediately get that body language from you, and I pick up on that. It's ingrained. If I try to take that, yeah, if I tried to take that into the living room tonight to sit down and watch a movie with my wife, no fucking clue. And then I end up frustrated. Like, well, now I got to train this soldier from the ground up because she doesn't fucking know her mission. She doesn't understand the objective. And then you're frustrated and they pick up on that. And like, I I think that right there is why the podcast has gone so successful because I can literally sit across from someone, whether it's in person or, or over zoom Never met him in my life, mm-hmm. but I can have a more detailed, in-depth conversation with them than I can have with the person I've been married to Yeah, for, I mean, shit, we're going on 20 years now. Well, within within five minutes, you and I have chewed, within five minutes of meeting, I found out you and I chewed the same dirt. Yeah. Like, I mean, we spent, I spent time in Leonardwood and you're yep. like, yeah, I'm not a big fan. I'm like, fucking know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. I know. Like, I can smell it. I know exactly. Yeah, like, I know exactly what you mean. It's crazy the camaraderie with people from the military, even if you've never met them, but I know, okay, this guy, 
he signed on the same dotted line I did. Mm-hmm. So I know that yeah. if, if shit's ever going to go down, I know I don't have to, I don't have to worry about him. I just have to, I'm going to watch over here because I know he's watching over here. Yeah. So it's, it's a calming. And as a spouse, seeing that connection that you've never met, I'd be like, what am I not bringing? What am to I the, doing wrong? Yeah, it can be, what it, am I not bringing to the table? Why am I getting treated so differently and put? I, I have to wonder distance. that as you say that, I have to wonder if anyone's ever tried simulating it for a spouse. And, and I'm not like it, it would not work for me to, to try to do basic training in my backyard with Jamie. But well, if not I, with but you if, telling her what it is, right? But. Exactly. But if I could send her away for two weeks or three weeks, spouse training to like a spouse camp for soldiers. Or, or Marines or airmen. I, I, I don't want to exclude you anyone. Maybe not like completely, you know, stay there or something. But I do. I couldn't I do it. I think that there should be more training and things available to spouses to understand, to be mm-hmm. there, to feel like. But I can tell you, I already know what it looks like when he walks out of the room with his yes. tray, like his drinks. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, like there's a firm understanding there. And. That like that ability to not to to communicate without words. Do you need that though to have a a healthy romantic partnership with somebody? I don't think so, no. but I feel like a little understanding to the kind of chaotic environment that you got taught yes. to communicate in. But like I said, but do then we re- have to do as a spouse. Do we have to fully understand what you went through to still support you? To still listen. No, I don't think so. Exactly. Yeah. That's where I think the biggest miscommunication is. And I'll say that even without experience, because I right. do see exactly where it's happening. Cause it is, it's, it's so sad to see that happening. And you know, if you got, you know, if you were giving one advice, you, you were saying communicate Yeah. and watch how you're communicating. Right. Is there anything else that you'd say, even for spouses or partners of those who are in the service line of service? I would, I mean, you got to surround yourself with like-minded people. Don't mm-hmm. surround yourself with the people pleasers that are only going to tell you what you want to hear and just mm-hmm. fuel whatever negative shit you're feeling. Unfortunately, I think that that causes more problems. Um, but like, so we we started a on our IGY six uh, Facebook page. We have a private group for military and first responders only, so it's a safe space that we can go in, talk about whatever it is, and we know our wives, our spouses cannot see it it's it's just for the military and first responders the success with that was going so good we started a spouses one right because a lot of these spouses like with us we don't know what we don't know right Mm -hmm. so we're trying to figure out post-traumatic stress we're trying to figure out why we're broken and how do we not be so broken but our wives are trying to figure out what can i do to help well i don't even know i can't even tell you what how i'm fucked up so how i how am I, I supposed to tell you? I can't tell you how to help me. But this wife or this husband has been with their wife for 10 years and they do this and it works. Mm. Perfect. Let's let's open that the channels of communication with with everybody we need and and the community with, support. Yeah, exactly. Wow, that's fantastic. You are doing something that is really needed well, for so many people. If that, if people ahead. wanted to listen, where would they find you? Any platform other than YouTube at this point. So okay. uh, Apple, Spotify. Is it just IGY622? Mm-hmm. It's on the hat, sir. IGY622. Yeah. It's on the shirt. Okay. Uh, www.igy622.com. Which stands um, for I Got Your Six. Yes. And so that's a, a military term for I've Got Your Back. Yep. Yep. I'm telling that for people who don't know. I'm pointing to my back because <laughs> I knew not, I was so proud. <laughs> yeah, I'm, no, I'm, I'm super proud of you. You caught on to it. But not everybody knows what it means. No, and, I didn't. I, yeah. had to, I had to get it for a second and, and, and just being there supportive. Nonprofit. Yeah. So you guys are giving back to those who, who need that service. Correct. Yeah. So as doing the podcast, I would hear different soldiers or, or first responders say, hey, this nonprofit helped me. It changed my life. It saved me. Perfect. Now I'm reaching out to that nonprofit to learn more about them, to bring them on the show, to bring awareness. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause when I was struggling, I called the big name nonprofit that everybody knows. Mm-hmm. And I said, Hey, look, I'm struggling. I see you guys help with this and this and this. We've already helped everybody we're helping this year. Come back le- next year. But let me send you a t-shirt. Wow. This was February, 
February. In February, they, they were done. They didn't share resources. They didn't get referrals. They wanted, they wanted to send me a shirt and said, if you mm-hmm. ever have problems, call the suicide hotline. And that's not an answer for you. No. When you are just brave enough to recognize, I need help. I'm going to go here. Yeah. So that's that's kind of what started our nonprofit is we're finding all these amazing organizations that are doing a lot of good in the community. Well, we don't need to reinvent a wheel. Mm-hmm. We can just raise money. We I have now have a platform that I can help provide more money to these other nonprofits that are doing amazing things. We actually just partnered up with Warrior Risen Ranch up in Morgan, mm-hmm. 6,500 acres. We have free range up there to do whatever we want. So our next mm-hmm. event, we are, we're putting uh, together a week-long retreat for disabled veterans, uh, first responders, mm-hmm. battling PTSD, and we're also bringing in CEOs of major corporations. So the CEO and the veteran are going to pair together yeah, and do tasks around this ranch, whether it be mend and fence, whether it be I love that. Herd and but cattle. the communication styles will actually be pretty similar. <laughs> between it, the it'll CEO. be similar, but it'll yeah. also, it'll, what it'll do for the veteran is it'll learn from the CEO of what, yeah. how to be a better employee, how to be more employable, how to do, and, 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 and then f- vice versa from the CEO going, wow, these guys, we need, you know, it's just going to be amazing. They need our help and they need our support. Yeah. And because it was, I mentioned You're not to you, a box checked on this application. Yep. You're I, a real person. Yep. Well, I mentioned to you early on in the podcast that one of the, one of the things that I struggled with was a transition into work. Yep. And I, I have saved all of the emails where I've been told you can't talk to people like that mm-hmm. or maybe be less aggressive. And it was like my first transition into like middle management. I, fucked up and i mean and i legit now i know i can't do that but it was sort of like you're wrong fix your fucking shit and then like i moved on i was no longer mad at that guy he taught he thought about it for fucking weeks before he called the boss well and you probably were never even mad you had i wasn't mad yeah i wasn't even mad and yeah it was just like you messed up go over there take five unfuck yourself and go back to work fix it and get the fuck on with your yeah. day. And then I move on and he's over there like, oh, bro, I've never been yelled at like that before. Like, oh, he hurt my feel goods. And I'm just like, I, I'm not even thinking about it anymore. I'm yeah, off I'm, on the other I'm thing. over it. Yeah. And, and the boss calls and he's like, hey, did you tell uh, so-and-so to unfuck himself today? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah think I think it. so. Now that I think about it, I might have said unfuck yourself. But what I meant was. Uh, you know, <laughs> use put your safety glasses on, and he goes, "Yeah, you can't tell people to unfuck themselves." <laughs> I get that they're adults, but you like you're now a manager, not something you can say. <laughs> and your emails, could you be a little more polite? And it was like, when you weren't even. What did I say that wasn't polite? Just direct. I just mm-hmm. typed and said, "Hey, uh, I need this. Can you do that?" Bye. Yeah. You know, and then my automatic Would corporate you maybe signature. Please do this, and then yeah, now yeah, yeah now yeah. I've learned that I've got to say, hey, how you doing? I hope all is well. Don't get the COVID. Um, <laughs> so super important for me to be able to do my function. If you have the time, but this is how you do where this. Checking you with what you're saying. Yeah, and your father was it your father or father-in-law? My dad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Your dad pulled you aside and said, yeah. hey, put, you. Up, "Put the mirror right on right." But in how my many face. times does that really actually happen, or how many times maybe a spouse is trying to, but it comes off the wrong way, and mm-hmm. blows up. Or Man, we can do so much better. We can do better. And yeah. I'm so glad you're doing better. Thank oh, you so much for your it's, service. It's, it's and been every, great. For the service that you're providing for all those who are providing service for us. So we can That's go to important. just any, ma- any major platform. Any major and platform. Sit and type in IGY622. Yep. And it'll pop right it'll up. It'll pull it right up. And then do you have a website or anything like that? So we're in, we're in the works. Uh, we've, we just had someone that said that they will donate our website. So they're building our website nice. right now. Nice. Uh, for nonprofit, for the nonprofit, great. then yep. then we'll have links for, you know, uh, the podcast and the different events that we have going and in different ways to donate. That's awesome. We picked up a a sponsor that is going to do a either a percentage or a monetary amount of every roofing job his company does is going to the nonprofit. Wow! So that will help with operating are you, costs. Are you allowed to say else. who they are? Yeah, it's SOS Roofing out of Roy, Utah. Okay, SOS so, Roy, Roofing all, out of Roy, Utah. All of our northern Utah folks. I know where I'm getting my next roof. <laughs> you got you got a roofer. This one's seven years old. Hey, almost it's time. eight. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so. it's not time. You, you really should be able to. You just had me panic. I was like, oh my God, my no. is like 20 years old. <laughs> Jesus, you guys. No. Um, no, I mean, yes, it is. Your I roof have, is about gone. Okay, it's time. I, I went to your house the... <laughs> before to, to pick up the oh yeah you did the, the yeah. item you donated for our raffle. So thank you guys yeah. uh, for that. And uh, your partner's not here, so I can't thank her Pamela, personally. Yes. Uh-huh. But um, yeah, that was amazing. the The raffle turned out great. I cannot believe how much money we raised. It was a fun event. Yeah, you we, let us know next time we can support you. Oh, 100%. I Podcast will definitely. is there for sure. The uh, Yeah, definitely. If you ever feel like throwing a soiree for your um, constituents, whatever you want to call them. Supporters? Supporters, yeah. What I, I mean, I don't know what they're called. I haven't listened to the podcast yet, and I should have. But, uh, yeah, you're welcome to use the the studio and the and the back lot. Awesome. Yeah, I appreciate it. Well, the bonfire. Yeah, we'll do a bonfire. Oh, we need we a do bonfire. a little bit of shooting in the backyard. Hey, I love it. Yeah. I'm only I just live down the road, so it's Do you? Uh-huh. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I just built a new AR50. You've probably heard me. Yeah. <laughs> so we have gone over time because Brady has fanboyed the whole time. No, just kidding. Not at all. I love that. It really that connection was there. Yeah. So just to, for me to see that I'm not even your spouse and I'm like, "Well, I feel left out, guys. Go." Yeah, we don't even but- need you. You could just go. <laughs> I'll wash his back in the shower. I've known him for five oh minutes. There you go. <laughs> Gotta love yeah. it. So, so we'll get a couple of scorpions, have them fight in a bowl. Yep. And remember, you don't have to understand what your spouse is going through or has gone through to still support them, to still let them feel heard and listened to. Um, and for all else, uh, there's resources out there. There's podcasts yeah. out there. We've yeah, follow follow us on on if you're military first responder or family members, go to the IGY six twenty two Facebook page and go to the groups and select whatever category you fall under. Uh, we just start. I just started TikTok, so that's been fun. <laughs> um, and Instagram, it's IGY six twenty two underscore podcast on Instagram, and that's the same as the on TikTok too. And and TikTok has been. I am now realizing it's more than just a shake your ass app. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of military on there that are struggling that are taking that first step and saying, Hey, I, I have something's wrong and they're putting it out for everybody. So it's a great platform for me to reach out and talk to people. And I mean, it's, it's, it's just been amazing. So you're amazing. Thank you so much for what you've done for so many people in need for this service. And Spreading that word and being vulnerable yourself here today. I know it's not easy to talk about. I was a about little nervous. That. I was like, ah, I'm so nervous to go. And my wife's like, why? Why are you nervous? I'm like, because this is like a feeling one. Like, this is like, I get to talk about feelings. And I'm, I don't like to talk about feelings, but it was very comfortable. So thank you guys. You you made it very, very comfortable for me. And it, uh, it, was, a good, it was a good experience. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. And um, everybody else, if they want to join in the conversation, you can reach out at saltysexcast at gmail.com boom meet us on uh facebook come say hi follow us give us a listen on apple Podcasts. but while you're there go ahead and give us a review tell us what you really think of us on that specific platform right i get off on those comments so please give me some more love Oh, shit. I'm going to have to buy an apple. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, love you all. Thanks for listening. Stay sexy and salt team. Bye. Yeah. And what's puberty? Puberty? Puberty. 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 Well, puberty's a lot of things. Here's the thing. When you hear about it first, it sounds very strange. Oh, if it really bothers you, you should see a doctor. Then at puberty, certain glands begin to work and our bodies begin to change. It enlarges the penis itself. And there's a center opening between those two, which is called the vagina. The sex education you wish you had in high school. Maybe a diagram will help.